0: How you doing everybody? Welcome to Carpo's channel again. And uh, I've actually been planning to make this video for a couple days, just haven't found the right time. And so I'm gonna force myself to make it. It covers a wide variety of topics relating to addiction, to drug treatment centers, um, to what we can and can't talk about, as well as the psychedelic research into uh, a cure or at least a tool to help with addiction and um, how legislators are completely out of touch on what we need and what we want as a society. I should start off by saying I'm going to base this mostly around opioids and opiates, and um, there's likely very few people out there watching this whose lives were not affected by any type of addiction in one way or another, whether it's opioids, amphetamines, cocaine, You know, a variety of different pills, benzodiazepines, alcohol, which is seldom thrown into the drug category, but it's probably uh, just because we're so used to it, we have such an immunity to the fact that alcohol is perhaps the worst drug out there. Uh, But I digress. I wanted to start off by talking about treatment centers. Because anybody who knows somebody who is addicted within their family, especially if somebody's children are addicted or their loved one, Their first thought is to get them counseling and to get them addiction treatment. And as I was digging into facts and figures before I made this video, um, I already knew there were a lot of treatment center scams out there, but I had no idea how bad it really is out there. I started my study looking into Florida. Now, as many of you know, I'm personally affected by this because um, my niece passed away last month at 23 years old from uh, a heroin overdose. And she had gone to treatment in Florida. She was living out east and she went to treatment center in Florida because she wanted to get better. I never really got to hear many details about it, but from what I understand, uh, it just basically made it more available. Let me me put it this way. When you go to a drug class or a, a drug treatment center and you have a light addiction, perhaps you've only used for a little while. Maybe you've only taken you know, a few pills, maybe you just had a little slight problem, perhaps you got addicted after you uh, injured yourself and were taking pain pills. Then you go to an addiction center and you meet all these people who, uh, who have the same problem, and a lot of them who aren't trying to cure the addiction. Well, on top of that, we have treatment centers out there, it turns out, that are recruiting people for them in order to get the insurance money. Now, there are people going to AA groups, pretending to be members getting to talking to people within the groups and then saying, hey, well, this treatment center I found really useful. The thing is, if you have insurance, if you have Medicaid, then you can get insurance paid for, and that's a very controversial issue. But when people with no real deep drug history get sent to a uh, treatment facility and they come out worse than they began, uh, that's bad enough, but some of these treatment operators are actually giving people money to just sign in to say they were there. And there have been some, uh, some great uh, media exposes on this that you can look up. But as I was looking into uh, Florida, I found out that California was worse. And um, uh, if, you add, if you end up with worse addiction or dead, uh, which there was one treatment center, I think in Florida, where four or five people ended up overdosing in a short period of time in the facility. And it was only after a lot of investigation that it was shut down. Well, here's what I found about California. Out of $180 million that was given through Medicaid to treatment centers, $94 million of it. Half of the money, tax money, your tax money that was given to these facilities was given to shady or uh, untrustworthy uh, operators. that, And some of them had felony records for fraud and a variety of other things the system is broken and uh, so yes it's a huge problem with legislation and uh, this is why California you know as much as they want to be progressive they tend, tend to dig their own grave by um, not doing the proper homework before you're funding something but every state does this this is a huge problem right now and I'm only going to touch on this briefly but OxyContin in the 80s and in the 90s became this, you know, poster child for addiction, and they knowingly covered it up. Recently, the Sackler family has been sued. I have a lot of information on that that I want to share, but it's not for this video. But um, they're trying to pay off millions in bonuses. Uh, They want to pay a a million and a half dollar bonus on top of someone's two and a half million dollar wage. Basically, they're saying if you don't let us pay our bonuses, then we won't be able to pay the communities that we fucked over by sending out people to tell doctors to prescribe it for patients that don't need it, for other conditions that may not require a heavy opioid like that. And they knew what they were doing. But there's a huge blame on the Sackler family for the crisis we're in. The idea is society new. We've been through this before. After the Civil War, men were coming home with uh, addictions to morphine and it was a huge issue we've had i think this is like the third opioid crisis we've had in this nation but it never really went away that's the thing it's only when it's in people's faces when loved ones are dying that are in their family rather than just oh well strangers on the street are getting high you know they shouldn't get high that's their choice addiction does things to your brain i've seen people who cannot get out of it and fall apart i've seen people who did get out of it with the right support and the right love and connections. And that's what I'm aiming here, is to inspire people to realize that if you know somebody who's in this situation, they can redeem themselves. It takes a long time. And I don't mean redeem themselves in the eyes of you, or, but in themselves, because you find yourself unworthy when you're an addict, and they continue to punish themselves by using, because Escaping from it can be hellacious. The withdrawals can last months. Post-acute withdrawals can be miserable for people. So what do we have to remember? How do we get it right? We have to remember that everyone has different brains. Each brain reacts differently to opioids, just like cannabinoids, just like any other drug or substance, which is why people take so many different pills to find one that works for them. That's a different story. But uh, therefore, we all need help in different ways. And the reason why this treatment abuse is so horrendous is because it's taking advantage of those who need the help the most. And this seems to be the way in our society. Those who are suffering the most, you know, the people who are most desperate to find truth, there's people selling them devices that they can wear around their neck that'll help clean their aura, a million other things. People take advantage of those who are at their lowest point, and that's why it's just so appalling to see treatment centers that are allowing people to die to make a profit. But I just wanted to bring that up so people are aware aware before they send somebody to a treatment facility. Um, The next thing I wanna talk about is family support, which I think is the the most important thing to help with recovery. Some studies have found that even good treatment centers don't have much better of a success rate, or some have found that they even have equal or a lower success rate, depending on what study you look at, um, as uh, behavioral therapy spending time with your family and loved ones. But even then, neither one really works for everyone. Some people get out and they use right away, and that's a difficult thing to deal with. But um, in order for us to get over these addictions, or to help people get over addictions, you need a couple main things. One is changing your habits. You're gonna have to change your habits, and that requires behavior modification, which can be done in many different ways, but it means taking a walk instead of a drink, or, uh, you know, <laughs> Doing some push-ups instead of shooting up. You know, it sounds cheesy, but that's really what we have to do is retrain our brains because we are stuck in a routine and a ritual where it's a feedback mechanism, a loop of dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. And so there are a few things. As far as taking drugs to get off drugs, I'm only going to briefly touch on Suboxone and Subutex. Um, I heard one person describe it as bargaining. In other words, trading one opioid for another. I know a friend who got off of Subutex, and it was hell for him. It took months. And that stuff can be just as addicting. So if you have a very light opioid addiction, maybe you've only been taking them for a couple months, not even that much. Your doctor just says, well, I'm gonna prescribe you Subutex to come off. That might be stronger than what you were doing. And you might end up addicted even worse than you were before. So this bargaining is kind of like delaying this recovery. And I'm not saying that it's useless. It can work for some people. But instead of taking something every day where you're still on the same routine, is there anything we can do once that can help us? And I'm saying that psychedelic therapy has shown promising benefits, therapeutic benefits for people not just with PTSD, anxiety, or depression, but people with addictions. Um, Not just psilocybin and LSD, but ketamine has been shown to have great help in helping addicts to process their addictions. Some people have come back from a ketamine kind of, well, it's somewhat of a trip, uh, from with this kind of renewed feeling that I can do it and I can conquer my addiction. Um, another one is ibogaine, which is lesser used, but for there have been stories of heavy heroin addicts who have gone down and taken ibogaine in a ceremony, puked their guts out, felt like shit for a couple of days, and never touched heroin again. And these are people who have been using for a long time. It does not work for everyone. And psychedelics, you can't just take a psychedelic and just be clean after that. It takes work. It takes behavioral therapy, thinking about it, talking with somebody who knows how to help you through that because you're opening up your brain to rewiring. And um, uh, ayahuasca and peyote or mescaline, which are also known as phenomenal tools for that. But is it the psychedelic experience itself? Maybe, that's part of it, but it's the afterglow. And the afterglow is known as the effects after the experience, which can last for days. Uh, if not longer, and they give you this constant like feeling that, yeah, things are okay, a renewal that you can still do it. It's not like you just do something to cover up your feelings for a while, like so many drugs do, or hide from them, or remove your anxiety. You'll be immersed in anxiety, you'll be immersed in emotion, but after the experience, you'll have processed better. So I'm just going to leave it at that for the psychedelic aspect of it. Um, addiction is physical and mental. And so changing your behaviors helps with the mental part. But the physical withdrawal symptoms will still be there quite often. And um, (laughs) a lot of people will just give you a prescription. Say, here, take this antidepressant. It'll help you. Um, I strongly recommend against taking pills unless we absolutely have to. Because one of these things I hear from people is, you know, when it comes to addiction and drugs, they just say, well, don't do drugs or don't do illegal drugs. And these are the same people who are taking Prozac sometimes. You say, but you're taking a pill. I'm like, oh, but my doctor prescribed it. I think people put a little too much faith in their doctors. And doctors are quick to just throw out a a consistent, you know, oh, well, this is the diagnosis, this is the diagnosis, instead of working with individuals on a personal level. And um, so it's up to us to understand these things. It's up to us to look at the current studies and research on, on, you know, different types of treatments and to weigh the options for ourselves. This idea that psychedelics are resurging, uh, they never went away. Uh, They've always been there and it's the same way with so many of these other things like cannabis is helping people uh, to overcome other drugs and as a lesser of evils, I would support that if it works for somebody, but cannabis has been demonized as worse than any other drug for so long, there are people who still believe it. the worst part of all of this, beyond you know the addiction itself and the amount of lives it takes and ruins, is the way that we legislate and deal with it in this country. You know, back in the uh, '90s, they made cocaine uh, as cocaine was already a, a, a high charge if you got busted for it. They increased crack possession, so it was 100 times more than cocaine. So if someone got busted in the hood with five grams of crack co- cocaine, it, it uh, was charged as 500 grams of cocaine, or a half kilo. And this directly affected way disproportionately uh, colored communities and poor communities. And it was almost by design, it, you could go back and look at Freeway Rick Ross and the way that drugs were put into the ghetto. I'm not getting into the conspiracy side of this. What I'm saying is that The legislation to make certain drugs worse and to punish people does not, has not, will not, and cannot solve the problem at hand. All of the worst laws, you can punish people with the threat of death and they will still get high. So knowing that, we can realize that putting people in jail is only putting money in the pockets of private prisons. And that's the way they like it. And um, in the drug war amidst that, you might just get busted with you know a little bit of weed or a couple of you know joints of, or or a couple pills you can get your car taken you can get your house taken away for the, through civil forfeiture and a lot of folks don't realize if you get pulled over on the side of the road a cop finds a bag of powdered m- milk and he thinks it's cocaine and that faulty ass test they use tests positive for cocaine they can take your car and all the cash you have on you And might not even have to give it back even after you've proven that you're innocent. Civil forfeiture, asset forfeiture, has gone through the roof. And for the average person, this might not affect them too much. But imagine you're a person who's living check to check, living in the ghetto. And you barely have enough to get by. You just smoke in a bowl one day and you get busted. Then this charge, you go to jail. This charge turns into a higher charge because you can't pay your fines. You can't afford a lawyer. So you're told to plead guilty. And... So many people plead guilty to possession and use charges that they didn't even do merely because they want to see their kids again, because they're told if you don't, it's going to be much worse for you. And I know this firsthand because it's happened to me twice. They want you to take the plea bargain and basically, and they say, don't you dare try to stand up for yourself. And um, this results in lifelong probation and fines and fees for people, which means that they can't function. They lose their license. They can't work. And So the drug laws, as far as a way to stop and help addiction or to get the drugs off the streets, the drug laws don't work. Legislation does not work. Treatment centers may or may not work, depending on, you know, (laughs) the treatment center, I guess. But what we have to do is look at the question this way. We have to put our heads together and think about things before we make a decision for somebody else that's based on what society says. Instead of your first thought being, let's get them on a drug and send them to a psych ward if they're acting funny, or uh, let's send them to a treatment center if if they've done drugs once. It's not the right way to deal with situations. Humans are, (laughs) let's just say we seek mind altering states, whether they be through the pleasure of consumption, the pleasure of shopping, the pleasure of discussion with others, we seek experience. And so drugs can become the main experience for a person. And you have to replace that with connection, understanding, family, and community. Because the closer-knit communities tend to have less of an addiction problem and an overdose problem. And it's, hey, you know, families, (laughs) each one's unique, but our society seems to be favoring work over connection and so it's leading a lot of people to feel lonely so i'm gonna let it go with that it's turned into a longer video than i anticipated but i wanted to make sure that i covered every aspect you know the question i wanted to really final finalize with what can we really talk about because i used to talk a lot about things like this and then youtube will push the videos to the bottom but they'll also terminate my account i've had my account shut down twice over talking about things like kratom and so people are like why don't you talk about kratom anymore if you even talk about harm reduction, then you'll get your channel deleted and your video pulled. However, I should, <laughs> I should declare this is for informational purposes only, and this video is only intended to inform people about my opinion on these ideas. And uh, you know, the whole time I've been a Kratom vendor for four years, and I've heard so many stories from people who have had overdoses, uh in their family or with themselves and people who have been able to bring themselves out of their addiction and the gratitude people feel for being able to find something that works for them is wonderful but the pushback and resistance against say something like kratom is just because of the unknown and people say well we should stick with what we know like the pills that have been tested by the pharmaceutical companies and i guess my message here would be use your own use your own best judgment on this issue I'm not gonna say that any natural product is perfect, but I am gonna say if you rely on human beings to know what's best for you and you really think that proper testing is done on pharmaceuticals before they stick them down your gullet, you might wanna think again um, and look at the the statistics, do some research and see what works best for other people. Anyone can pull themselves out of an addiction with the right help. It's just a matter of finding what works for you. And um, so have a wonderful day, everybody. Take care, and I'll talk to y'all later. Thanks to my peoples. And if I did get advertisements on this channel, they would have pulled them anyway. I wanted to mention that's another reason a lot of channels stop talking about drugs, is because they get their advertisements pulled. Since I've never used advertisements, it doesn't matter, so I figure I'm obligated to. But if anybody does want to contribute, feel free in the description uh, to click on the Patreon link and help me out with the buck. If not, don't just throw it out there. And um, y'all have a wonderful day. Take care of yourselves. Take care of those around you. And I'll talk to you later. Be well.